right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fearcast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, and anxiety spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss, and I'm a licensed clinician specializing in the treatment of, you know, OCD and anxiety and that sort of stuff, and phobias, and things that make you nervous, and stuff that makes you scared, all that stuff. Just the stuff that our brain tells us is true and probably isn't, but, you know, you get the idea. Anyways, um, thank you all for joining me today. So the FearCast is a question and answer based podcast where you, the listener, get to send me, the therapist, questions about OCD and anxiety, and I'll do my best to uh, try to answer those uh, those questions. You can go over to FearCastPodcast.com and you can send me a question there. Go over to the uh, ask a, or submit a question link there, and uh, I will be sure to read it, consider it, and put it up on a future episode as I am doing today. Um, and uh, so this this question is one of those audio questions that I've been talking about. So by the way, you can send me an audio question, and it will, at least at this time, eh, I will say, it will get sent to the top of the list of things that I'm going to answer, because I think the audio question is just so much more interesting than hearing me read the question. So the best way to get those audio questions to me, you can record it onto your phone, record it on your computer somehow, you can uh, uh, through, uh, uh, through the memo app or through uh, Zoom apps or through anything else that happens to record your voice and send it over to questions at fearcastpodcast.com. You can also send it over to me uh, if you upload that to a Google Drive or some shared drive and you share that link with me over at questions at fearcastpodcast.com. It would be great. Um, alternatively, if you p- record that uh, f- and upload it to Google Voice or not Google Voice, to uh, to Google Drive, uh, uh, send that link through the website at fear podcastpodcast.com uh, and that will help answer a few of the questions that I would likely be sending you uh, in advance if you do send an audio question. So I'm going to do a bit of a combination today. Uh, I know I've historically just been doing one or historically in the past month been doing one question per episode. Uh, today I'm going to do two. So these were uh, two uh, just brief questions, one audio and one just quick sent, uh, sent to me via Instagram and thought uh, it would be a reasonable one to put up. Um, so, uh, so I'll also say at the top of the episode, uh, as always, I hope everybody's doing well. Um, I know that uh, I, we're just, we just came, or I'm uh, recording this after just coming out of Thanksgiving, and I hope everybody, at least in the States, had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. I don't think people outside of the world are uh, celebrating Thanksgiving, but um, if you did, you probably ate a lot of turkey and probably, um, you know, ate way too much, as um, we Americans are wont to do. Uh, I know that I personally personally took a, a swan dive right off of my diet, and now I'm going to go crawl my way back and see what I can do by the end of the year. Um, but uh, either way, I hope everyone had a had a fun time with family and friends, either the family that they were born into or the family that they chose. Uh, I hope you all had a wonderful time. So I, I had the brief thought today to scrap this whole episode and do an episode uh, talking about how to handle scrupulosity within uh, Hanukkah. But um, alas, we are right in the middle of Hanukkah. And real also reached out to um, uh, uh, Jed Sieve, who uh, I was hopefully hoping to have on, but he also informed me that um, uh, Hanukkah is kind of a, a low-pressure holiday within the Jewish community. So we scrapped that, and we're going to kick that off into uh, the high holidays in September. So um, stay tuned 
for September of 2022. But I will be having uh, Mitzi Van Cleve on in a couple of weeks to do uh, to do an episode about how to handle the holidays, how to handle Christmas specifically uh, for those who have religious scrupulosity. So that should be a fun uh, a fun episode. And, and to that point, if you have some specific questions that you would like to ask uh, Mitzi Van Cleve uh, for that episode, go over to fearcastpodcast.com and send me an email um, or just send them to me, direct message me over at Instagram. I'm fearcastpodcast over at the Instagram. So you can send them over to me and I will read them and I will throw them her way. I'll probably put a post about it as well. Um, for all of you listening in the future, you missed your chance, but likely if you have follow-up questions for her, um, message me anyways, and I will see if I can wrangle her back for uh, uh, for that episode. So, all right, everybody, um, without further ado, here's the first question. Hey, I've been a long-time listener of the podcast, and has and it has been a tremendous help in my journey. Just want to give out a big thank you before jumping in. So I've been doing ERP on my own for a while now since I haven't been able to go to therapy and also due to the fact that there's virtually no one in my country who specializes in ERP or OCD treatment. The first few months were okay and I was managing it quite well and following advice from books and the IOCDF website, I have contamination OCD and reading OCD. I've been exposing myself to dirty surfaces and not washing my hands afterwards or washing them as little as possible. I've also stopped all the rereading. However, now, um, but in the last two months I've noticed that my obsession has changed and now it focuses on my recovery to take uh, to an excessive level. Now I go out of my way not to wash my hands even though we're still in the middle of a pandemic but every time I'm forced to wash my hands when I enter a shop or something I get real upset and on some occasions I even have like an anxiety attack and break down in tears because my brain tells me that If I wash my hands once, then I'll do it twice, and in no time, I'll fall back into my own patterns and wash them compulsively again. The same is true with reading. In school, I have to take tests, and I can bear having to reread even just a small line. When I read instructions, I'd rather make up stuff rather than, than go back to read the step again. When I read labels, I would make sure to never reread, even if it's important stuff like the dosage. Now I feel as if avoiding rereading and washing my hands as much as I can. It feels more like a compulsion than a recovery process. No human can possibly go their life with go their whole life without rereading, not even once, or without washing their hands, not even once. It's just there's a very thin line between sanity and insanity in my mind. One misstep and my life could go back to OCD mode. And I hate not being able to read anything or going outside due to my fears. Um, can you give me some advice on this? And I do wonder if others also struggle with this during their journey. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks so much for sending in that question. So you've got a lot of elements within this that are that are 
really common and are and, and do affect a lot of people just across the world. Um, and um, so I'll try to hit some of those high points. I mean, you said the kind of the, the main concern you have is is you've noticed that your obsessions have started to shift over into being obsessed about ERP, being obsessed about. And I'll expand that out that for a lot of people, there can just be this obsession about treatment in general. So I'm going to kind of approach that from that perspective. But uh, but that's one of the shifts that can happen for a lot of folks within treatment um, is that their obsessions start leeching over and grabbing onto kind of the quality of their therapy, the quality of their ERP. Now, before I get into that, I do want to say, yeah, accessibility to treatment just across the world can be really, really tough. But I love what you said. You're using the resources that you have you have available to you. And, and there are a ton of great resources out there. So you are accessing this podcast, which that's great. I'm glad you're finding it. I'm glad you found it to be helpful in terms of you being able to learn a little bit about um, treatment, about what OCD is, how it can be worked, and trying to apply some of those things for yourself. That's great. Additionally, there are going to be other resources out there. There are certainly other podcasts. The OCD source is fantastic for obvious reasons. Um, and uh, I, there are going to be a number of blogs. There are Facebook groups out there. There are there is there are some Reddit groups out there for some subtypes of OCD and OCD in general. Um, I'd say those forums are a little shakier in terms of the quality of their content. Um, and if you spend any amount of time up there, you'll probably notice the the, the disparity in the comments. Um, sometimes you'll have people up there who are genuinely um, interested in helping and have great concern and also it, it give some good advice. However, you will also find people up there who are going to give, well, let's just say terrible advice. Um, let's just say the worst possible advice that you could get for someone who has, uh, who's struggling with an obsession or any sort of fear uh, or just um, terrible advice for living life in general. Um, but as is the internet, that's kind of what happens, right? Um, so take some of that information with a grain of salt, kind of use that as, use that the information that you might get there and compare it to other people's comments see if it's if it is reflective of or consistent with what other people are saying what other maybe professionals or podcasters or writers um, have to say um, uh, uh, the, the the vast majority of therapists that I would say are are good and maybe this just reflects my bias but um, I mean I I, I, th I think I'm right in some of this stuff, but um, I would, I, what I was going to say was the vast majority of the therapists that I, that I respect were all kind of saying the same stuff, and that's because a lot of the stuff that we are espousing and support and uh, um, are backed up by research and backed up by our own clinical experience. So you want to be looking at things that are going to be consistent across these um, these platforms and across these voices. So the other thing that someone can do if you are trying to access information, yeah, the IOCDF, the IOCDF, internationalocdfoundation.org is a great resource. They have a ton of information from top therapists and top researchers. Um, 
you can also just find some books. I mean, the library is going to be great, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts. Um, if you if you go uh, if you go to your local library, um, they may have some OCD books there. Um, there may be some now, and, and by the way, there may be also digital resources there too. So sometimes a library online will have a ton of different uh, books. At least it does in in, in our area. Um, you can go. I, I use Overdrive the app, so it's called it's just called Overdrive, but it connects to my local library and if i use my library card there i have access to all of their digital um uh their their digital library and sometimes i'll look for a book that they just don't have and i request that they buy it there's usually that option on there i request they buy it and you know what sometimes they do and they send me a little notice hey we have this book now great i'll get it and i'll be able to read it in that way so used books are going to be a great option as well so there's a ton of information that's out there and i encourage everybody who is having trouble accessing um, a therapist to look into some of these other other means um and uh if, if you have by the way i think this might be a topic for a future episode if you have a a resource that you really like maybe i'll do a whole episode just on great great resources so if you have a great book or blog or um video series um things like that uh oh i should also say nathan peterson's uh youtube series uh is also fantastic so check that out um but if you have a resource that you love send that over to me go over to fearcastpodcast.com or again find me on the instagrams at uh, fearcastpodcast send it to me there i should do an episode like that anyways so on to your question so you said i become i became obsessed with my erp now i'm stoked i'm so excited that you have in the midst of all the pandemic are working to face your obsessions you said you're cutting down on hand washing awesome everyone should be cutting down on their hand washing and i know that sounds crazy to say in the midst of a pandemic but you know what there are times that we can wash our hands there are times that we ultimately don't need to but you caught yourself listener um washing your hands way too stinking much so you progressively started pulling that back and you did the same thing with reading you found yourself rereading over and over again and by the way that's a common obsession that people can have across the board if you're not aware of it everybody um some folks will get obsessed about as they're reading that they have to go back and reread lines reread pages um reread words make sure they read it slowly so they get all the information um so they are acquiring all the information that could be attained from that sentence or page so that they don't miss out on something and sometimes the threat can be well if there if i missed one bit of information that bit of information could be the key to my problem or the key to my success in some area um but just like what you did caller you you didn't you didn't go back and you took the risk to maybe miss information and you took the risk to miss information on labels great that's what you ought to be doing because we might miss information. And that brings me to the point. You had said, I'm starting to obsess about my, tr- about my treatment, about ERP. So obsession about, so that we call this obsessing about obsessing. This is kind of uh, ruminating and thinking and pondering and, and, and trying to figure out treatment to do it right. Very often it comes out as needing needing to know exactly what the right steps are to eliminate OCD or what the right things are to do that that are through that, that are uh, research based and that what every therapist would say and what the right thing to do in uh, that would be the uh, uh, most most effective uh, uh, treatment method 
and execution of that treatment. Now, this has a broad range of what it could mean for you. So, for some people, it can mean knowing, doing exactly what their therapist said. So, sometimes I'll work with folks and they'll say, you know, Kevin, how long should I read this? And I'll say, I want you to read your script for you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour a day, whatever else that I said at the moment. I want you to read it for this amount of time. They go, great. And they come back and they write it for that exact amount of time. No more, no less. Or they'll want to know, all right, Kevin, I'm supposed to... Um, you know, if I, I, I'm supposed to go in, go walk through 10 doors today without going back. So they will ask me, are you sure 10? 10? 10's the right one. Yes, do 10. So they only walk through 10 and they go way out of their way. They cause problems in their life. They struggle to do all the homework exactly the way I signed it. Because the idea is, if I do exactly what Kevin says, I will get better. If I do exactly what Kevin says, I will eliminate OCD and I will be free of this. Now, it's understandable, right? Someone goes into ERP process. Someone go. Someone calls me to get better. They don't call me for fun. I'm not that fun. So they're calling me and hanging out with me and working with me for a reason. You, caller, are trying to go through ERP to get better. But when OCD latches on to that, it starts to become that all or nothing, black and white, perfectionistic sort of approach. Am I doing all the things I need to do to get better? What if, and here's that magic term, right? What if I'm doing something wrong? What if I'm doing it not enough? What if I'm doing it way too much? Am I spending way too much time thinking about my obsessions? Or am I spending way too much time doing ERP? Should I be doing less amount of it? Because you, you, you can, in a sense, do too much. And I say that, and I'm hesitant to even say it, because all of these situations are very individual. There may be someone that I work with where I'm going to say, you know, you need to do more ERP. And that's going to be for a specific reason. There are going to be other people where I'm going to say, boy, we need to pull back on this. You're spending way too much time on it. And that, that person, it may be because um, they, they are making their whole world about this or that they are, um, they're not taking the risk in between things um, or between the exposures to go live their life. And I think ultimately within that, it's that, it's that giving someone the opportunity to experience the consequences of their behaviors or the consequences of their actions. And that might, and ultimately that person might be doing exposures as compulsions. I had a client back in the day call these composures, compulsions as exposures. Yes, no, exposures as compulsions. Doing an exposure with the idea that I'm doing this to, to be better and to feel better. Anyways, so, so, Doing being obsessed about your obsessions about ERP is somewhat common. One of the main things to do with this is to accept the possibility that maybe you're not doing all the right things. Maybe you're going to do what the book says. You're going to do what this podcast says. You're going to do whatever else that it is that you find uh, as given it as advice. And maybe you're not going to get better. Or maybe you're going to do it wrong and therefore not get better. Or maybe you found bad information. 
whatever it may be, maybe something has happened that's going to leave you tortured by OCD for the rest of your life. Now, if this sounds like how I talk about scripting, it's because it kind of is. This is just this is ultimately just another obsession, no different. Your previous thought was, well, what if I'm not washing my hands enough? So I should wash my hands to make sure I perhaps don't get sick. Maybe I should reread this information so that I get all the information so that I don't miss out on something, so I don't fail at something. Maybe I need to do treatment the right way so that I never get better, or so I do get better, so that I can finally be free and get back to my life. And that thought of then being stuck in OCD for the rest of your life sounds horrible. And I get it. It is. It's horrible. But if you're then doing compulsions, you're just reinforcing this thought as something that is terrible and frightening and deserves attention and deserves all of the energy in your life. At the, at the end of the day, we're accepting risk. We're accepting danger and, uh, and not knowing we don't know if you do the exposures, if you will 100% get better. I have confidence in doing ERP and being, being a therapist for the many years that I have, that people do get better from doing these treatments. However, OCDs might, might creep in as it does and say, yeah, but what if you don't get fully better? Then what? then your life is screwed and ruined and terrible and awful and sad. And that can be the fuel to go back and to, to, to wash more. But you already said, I'm not going to do that. So it's to do exposures more and harder. In situations like this, I might suggest someone decide that, that they're going to be done at some point, meaning that they're going to do exposures, but they're not going to do it for a specified amount of time. That they're going to read their script, but they're not going to do it for a for a specified amount of, or yeah, for a specified amount of time. But they're just going to read it a couple of times, and then they're going to sit with that uncertainty that maybe they did the wrong amount. Or I'll even assign someone to say, "All right, I want you to I, I want you to read it for thirty minutes, but I don't want you to read it for thirty minutes." I know that's confusing directions, but that's the point. I want them to read it for 30 minutes, but not read it for 30 minutes. Maybe they're going to read it for 29 minutes, or maybe they're going to read it for 31 minutes. And either way, or they're going to read it for 10 minutes or for an hour and a half. I don't know. Maybe they're going to ruin it. But that's that feeling that that person needs to sit with. So my encouragement for you would be to be, what well, first, number one, be open to being wrong. Be open to being wrong. We can be wrong and things still can work out. That sounds crazy for a lot of folks, but think about what that feels like to do things wrong. Acknowledge where that feeling is. Acknowledge what that sense is that it feels like it's wrong. But also to remember that feeling wrong is okay. That feeling that you get feels scary and your brain goes, but we've been trying to do it right for all this time. And you asked us to focus on doing it right this whole time. Great. Practice tolerating the feeling of being wrong. Secondly, I want you to do exposures, but do them wrong. Do them incorrectly. Wash the wrong amount of time, wash in the wrong way, wash in a weird way, and be open to it not feeling complete or not feeling correct as, quote, an exposure ought to. 
if that's the way it is. But you're, you're going to wash consist, an inconsistent amount of time. Continue on doing the things that you're doing, but resist the urge to do the exposures that you are self-assigning correctly. And then sit with the double fear that maybe you are going to miss out on the information, maybe you're going to catch COVID, and maybe you're never going to get better from OCD. It's just another thing to, to, to tolerate, another, another element of anxiety and uncertainty to make space for in your day, and accept the existential fear that maybe it's all going to go south, and then move on with your day. And then just keep going. Say, yep, I did it wrong. Well, maybe it's all ruined. Well, what else do I, what else can I do with my day? Well, I guess I'll go get some food. Maybe I'll go watch some TV. Maybe I'll go do push-ups and juggle. I don't know. But you're going to move on and go do something else and wait for the fallout and tolerate the time between right now and the time that the fallout occurs. And the fallout may occur, it may never occur. But we're acknowledging that, yeah, sometimes we're going to get those thoughts that come in. We're going to place those to the side. We're not going to solve the problem, get the reassurance, get the answer. Instead, refocus just back on what it is that you're doing and keep moving forward. Not getting stuck in trying to get perfect with your exposures. So, so I hope that answers your question and uh, send us a question back or send us a, a response back to see how that's working, what's working, what's not working, and we'll all be interested to hear. So thanks again for the question and best of luck. So I'll keep this quick. So this last question today um, comes from Lynn again. So uh, they said, how do you respond when people misuse OCD or when they don't understand that it's more than just being a perfectionist or just liking things a certain way? Like the quote, I'm, o I'm so OCD. So how do I respond to that? So so I, I totally get that all that stuff is super duper annoying because it is. Um, so here's what I do. And I've, I've done this a couple of times. Um, so on Facebook, primarily this is what happen, has happened on Facebook. And I've done this maybe mm, once or twice in real life. So if I see someone on Facebook, one of my you know dumb friends, and they say they put up a, a thing about OCD or I'm so OCD, or they put up a um, one of those links to a like a BuzzFeed quiz that is like, oh, someone with OCD or only someone with OCD can detect the differences between these two balls or the these two circles or I don't know, something like that. Um, I'll sometimes respond back just with a simple comment about, hey, just so you know, this this test does not actually detect OCD. And by the way, OCD is a mental health disorder marked by uh, marked by significant distress related to intrusive thoughts, feelings, images, sensations, or urges, followed by compulsive thoughts, actions, rituals, routines, or avoidances to try to alleviate that, that anxiety. Now you know. Have a good day. It's something simple like that. It's nothing too crazy. That may sound crazy to you. That's also totally fine. But that's typically what I do. And because I don't want to beat them over the head. I don't want to shame them into getting on board with it, getting on board with what OCD actually is. I just want to educate them and just tell them what it actually is and that it's not, you know, just being a perfectionist because OCD can have a perfectionistic element to it, right? OCD can be washing your hands. OCD can be um, being, uh, being hyper aware 
of things, right? I know there's some OCPD elements in there that I, I mentioned, or it could be extrapolated to that. But but I think you all, I hope you all know what I mean in this. So I'll just try to offer this bit of education. Now, now it's up to them to either ask a follow-up question or, or to learn on their own, or to continue in their ignorance. And it's frustrating if that's true. And sometimes if they come back with the same sort of, sort of um, ignorant comment, I might message them again. Hey, you know what? I know this comment seems totally funny, but you know what? Actually, that, that comment about OCD is a little inaccurate. Hey, remember when I mentioned that here's what OCD actually is, just as a reminder. Now, this might seem very you know passive-aggressive or snarky or whatever the case may be, but that's what I will often do. Now, if that's something that you'd be willing to do, fantastic. If it, if it is leading you to anger, then that may be something to work out on your own. Pull back from the comment, because oftentimes in a situation where if we're feeling angry or if we're feeling particularly hurt, we may not respond in a way that is going to express the message that we want. It's during that that I would encourage you to take a break, pull back, and to maybe either, not either, both, wait for that feeling to start coming down. Think about what is it about that that's making you feel so angry. You can process that with a friend, family member, a therapist, and we're going to wait. We're going to wait until our reasonable mind comes back, and then if you want to, if it's reasonable, if it's safe to craft our responses, and then message them and express to them kind of like what I mentioned to the other person. It's also not our responsibility to educate the entire world. We don't need to be the OCD police for everybody. Some people are just going to be obnoxious and ignorant, and there ain't nothing that we can do about that. And it's upsetting, sure, but it's not incumbent upon us to fix everybody and everything. If you feel that you want to take the opportunity to respond to somebody, you're welcome to do it, but you don't have to. Sometimes it's better for us to pull back and just roll our eyes at this person who just doesn't get it and to move on. It's also helpful to remember that that person is probably also going to make comments about depression or bipolar, uh, bipolar disorder, or they're going to make comments about, you know, they're all over the place. So, oh, I'm so schizophrenic today, right? Or, oh, I was so scared I'm going to have a heart attack today, right? Or, um, or various other physical health concerns, right? I'm going to eat so much candy today, I'm just going to turn into a diabetic, right? Or, oh, I had such a headache, I'm probably, uh, I feel like I'm going to have an aneurysm, right? All those things can be very triggering to someone whose family member had suffered an aneurysm, who individually has schizophrenia, who you get the idea. Some people just make these weird comments, weird comments, rude comments, thoughtless comments. And, you know, I've made those comments before and I'm not, um, I, I just... I just go like, oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, oh those jerks, they should, whatever, we should shame them, and then in ten years from now, it's gonna be surfaced that I, you know, said something on Facebook that was wildly inappropriate, and that's, I'm certain that it has um, something that I said in college or graduate school or after or yesterday. I don't know. Um, that's where my crazy brain goes. Where did yours go? Anyways, so that would be some of my thoughts on this. That's how I would respond to it, and I don't know how you would respond to it. As a follow-up, everybody, I want to know how you respond. Go over to fearcastpodcast.com. Send me a message. How do you respond when someone misuses OCD? Ugh, I'm so OCD. Or the, you know, ever popular right now, obsessive Christmas disorder. 
what do you do? So go over and send me a message over there. Send me a message over at uh, Fearcast Podcast at Instagram. I want to know. And if I get enough of them, I'll put them up as comments on, uh, on a future episode. So uh, thank you so much for that question. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for making it through this episode. Hopefully this one was tight. Hopefully it was clean. Hopefully it was made sense. And hopefully it was helpful uh, to everybody out there. So again, everybody, uh, if you have questions for um, uh, for Mitzi Van Cleve for a future um, Christmas scrupulosity episode, go, sit, go over to fearcastpodcast.com or um, over at Instagram. You can send them to me there. Um, if you have an audio question you want to send me, go over to question or send them to questions at fearcastpodcast.com or send me a, a, a shared drive over or a shared drive link over at fearcastpodcast.com so um, everybody please remember that the fearcast is not a substitute for psychotherapy if you have questions about treatment and need a little bit of assistance in your recovery go over to fearcastpodcast.com there's going to be the find help link and there's going to be some links up there that may be helpful for you so until until next time everybody take a risk challenge yourself and don't take your brain too seriously bye